Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to breakfast wherever you are in a class from the Kotel Amaravi from the Western Wall um, today. Breakfast in the class today is dedicated in loving memory and Lilunishmat of Frank Harrison, Alava Shalom, sponsored by his daughter Liz Bennett. And as well, um, breakfast in the class today is dedicated in loving, loving memory of Maurice's father, Jack Terzi, Alava Shalom. Sponsored by Maurice Terzi and family. Our parasha begins with what seems to be an important setup, Pasuk. But actually, um, it, team, it seems to tell us something that's much deeper uh, when we look into it. Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kehat ben Levi. Korach, the son of Yitzhar, the son of Kehat, the son of Levi, he takes all of Am Yisrael and wages a religious and machloket war, a uh, a fight, a rebellion against the leadership of Moshe, against the leadership of even God um, in his desire to find more power for his uh, ego. And what's brilliant about this is that Rashi says that if you look, it stops its, uh, its lineage at Levi. It doesn't tell you that Levi was the son of Yaakov. Now, normally you find... Um, uh, you know, when you're talking about someone in the Torah, it kind of tells you who they are and who their father is. Nachshon ben Amin Adav, Nachbi ben Vofsi, Yoshua ben Nun. It's not often that you find that someone is kind of uh, given the lineage of their father and their grandfather and their great-grandfather. It seems here it wanted to tell you who Korach was, but in some ways also who Korach wasn't. Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kehat ben Levi, and then it stops. It doesn't tell you Ben Yisrael. Now, that might not have caused so much interest, if not for the fact that it told you three generations prior to him, and it didn't tell you the fourth. Um, and Rashid points this out, and he says that the reason why it doesn't tell you uh, who the father of Levi is, effectively telling you that Korach comes from Yaakov, is because Bikesh Yaakov Rahamin. Yaakov asked for mercy. He did not want to be included in this machloke. He says, In this gathering that they have, I don't want to be counted. I don't want to be involved. This is not for me. I'm not up for machloke. I'm out. And God honored his request by not telling you, Korach, the son of Yitzhar, the son of Kehat, the son of Levi, the son of Israel. In fact, Rashi points out that in another place, it actually does tell us that that is who their grand, the grandfather, great-grandfather was. So what is the idea here? What are we trying to communicate? I always think there's something very interesting about the fact that it's not that God doesn't want to bring Yaakov's name into this. It's that Yaakov specifically asked, please, 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 I know this machloket is coming. I don't want to be a part of it. Think of the foresight. Think of how important that was. And I want to share with you a story that just happened to me only yesterday. I was here in Israel and we walked into a store, uh, me together with my daughter and my son-in-law and daughter, and uh, we were trying to buy something. And the man said to me uh, and my son-in-law, after we bought the purchase, he said, listen, you know, I have a question uh, and it's a question that bothers me, but if you give me an answer, I'm going to give you something from the store for free. I said, okay. Wondering what the guy's going to ask. And he says, do you know of any place where it talks about the Miraglim, about the spies, and calls them Miktane Amana, people that were little of faith. 
I said, I know it says that by Noah, Noah you know, was Noah was Ketanei Amana, that after everything that happened, uh, he still needed to almost be pushed into the Teva. I said, but I've never heard that expression specifically about the spies. We do have other things that tell us that they were lacking in Emunah, but specifically that language, I don't know that I've ever seen it before. He said, it's very important to me. Um, if you could find me where it says that, I've Googled it, I've looked for it, I haven't been able to find it. Uh, if you could find that for me, that would be very important to me, and I'm going to give you this item in the store uh, for you guys for free. Now, it wasn't just the free object, although that was uh, interesting. That kind of made it a little bit more exciting. But it seemed to me that this was very important to this guy. So I said, sure, and randomly to ask these guys, he doesn't know us from anyone, you know, a hole in the wall, and he's asking us this question, a question that could only be asked in Israel. Like, you know, I have a question for you. You know, do you know the source for it? <laughs> okay. Anyway, I walk out, I'm looking into it, I, know, I call the guy back a little while later, I said, actually, yes, I found it, and he says, oh my gosh, the guy's getting so excited, he goes, could you please send it to me? I said, sure, uh, no problem. I said, but please tell me, you know, you, you're sitting here asking, what, randomly every customer? I mean, I, obviously I'm religious, but it's Israel, I'm sure lots of religious people come to this guy's store, and you're asking me this question, like you, you, you want to find out What's this obsession? Why are you so excited? And why are you leaving me this big thank you, you know, after I found a few? And the man says, I'll tell you the truth, let me explain. My father uh, was a very big Torah scholar. He's someone that studied and never really forgot anything that he learned. And recently he's not been so well. And he's been a little bit spotty. He's been forgetting. And he mentioned to me that the Miraglim Wuktane Amana. And when I asked him where we could find it, because I'd never heard that, he couldn't remember. And he felt very bad. And I wanted to be able to cheer my father up, to show him that he actually still remembered. And this wasn't something, some figment of his imagination. It wasn't him forgetting his Torah studies, but actually that there was a source that he was remembering that said exactly this. And I was just on the phone. I, my eyes were filled with tears that a man could be so desperate to bring his father comfort, to make his father feel good about himself, to make his father feel like his memory and his, his life, his memory wasn't failing him and his life's work of studying Torah was not slipping through his grasp, that he was willing to ask every random religious guy that walked into the store if they could track this down, if they knew and make them offers of free objects from his store, if they could find the source. And I said to him, you know, your kibbut avaim, your honoring of your father is so touching. I said, I don't need the free object, thank you so much. But you've really moved me in teaching me what it means to honor your parents. Not just to take care of their needs, not just to say, you know, do you need me to take you to the store or how can I, uh, how can I help you with your taxes or whatever a son or daughter might do for their parents, but to think deeply about their needs, about what they want, about their desires about what's important to them, about keeping those things vibrant and fresh in their minds, and going out of your way to try and kind of uh, show your parents honor. Honoring them is not only about the simple things, but sometimes it's about things that are really important to them and, and might not be obvious at all. And I was thinking this morning as I was contemplating this man's remarkable show of kibbut avayim and sensitivity towards his dad, that maybe that's what it means. Yaakov was so averse to machloket. 
And you could probably imagine why. He saw his own family torn apart. And not the tearing apart of a Jacob and an Esav, uh, of a Sadiq and a Rasha, a righteous man and a wicked man, who by nature have paths that diverge and kind of split off at some stage. Not the, the machloket of a son like Yitzchak and Yishmael, but the machloket of great tzaddikim, of Yosef and his brothers. I'm sure that Yaakov was deeply hurt by the concept of machloket. So therefore, he says and he begs Hashem and the blessings when he has all of his children around the bed, please Hashem, don't ever let this happen to my kids again. Let my kids unite around the table. Let my kids unite like they are around my deathbed. Let them unite around the Shabbat table, around the weddings, around the bar mitzvahs, around the brit milahs. B'kihalam, in any gathering of, uh, of machloket, please don't let my name be mentioned. Don't let them blame it on me. Don't let it be about what I taught them. Don't let them fight over religion. Oh, this person holds this or that person holds that. We can't get along because I'm more religious. I keep Shabbat like this or I keep kosher like this. Please don't let my name be mentioned. Let this not be about me. And God, in His mercy, doesn't track him to Yaakov. He tracks him uh, only until Levi and not the generation before. Even that, in some level, is kibbutz avaim. Korach could have done, did his great-great-grandfather a tremendous service. My grandfather begged not to be involved in machloket then the least I could do is try and live a life that would make him proud. You know, some of us, our parents are here with us in this world, and we get to, keep, to make them proud by following in a road that represents their highest moral beliefs. I'm sure your dad would be proud if you made a lot of money, and I'm sure your dad would be proud if you had a nice house. But the greatest things that make parents proud is when you follow in the principles and the, the things that are really important to them, that are really valuable to them, when they see you living by your principles. Some of us get to make our parents proud while they're here in this world. But some of us, our parents have shuffled off this mortal coil. But still, our rabbis teach us, they look down on us in this world and they see how we are. And you know what? In the world of truth, they're no longer blinded by the things that blind people in this everyday life. They're no longer blinded by honor or by money or by power. They see things from the world above in their truest form. And they see us making silly mistakes. It breaks their heart. And they wonder to themselves, is this what I raised? Make your parents proud. Have a, a, a life, a day, a week, a month, a year that makes them so proud in Shamayim or wherever they are in their homes to say, this is my son. This is my grandson. They're following in my footsteps. You know, we gave everything to keep Shabbat when we first came to this country. You know, and now my son, my grandson, my great-grandson is closing his store on Shabbat. You know, my grandfather, he went, you know, when they went away on vacation, I heard this from someone once, he brought the shochet with him. You know, you think today people bring with them their cleaning ladies, they bring with them their butler, they bring with them wherever, you know, they're going on a fancy vacation. A man told me that when my father went away, he brought with him a shochet so that they would have kosher meat wherever they went. You know to think that that family should now again be showing a dedication to the laws of kosher and, and, and that the father in Shamayim is proud to say yes that's my son or that's my son's son or that's my son's son's son are we making our parents proud are we making our grandparents proud 
what great practices could we take on board that will make our parents in Shamaim or in uh, in wherever they live nudge their friends in shul or or in uh, in the world to come and say, see that guy down there, he's one of mine. I remember a couple weeks ago, I went to an event and a fr- father was introducing me his sons and he says, this is my son and this is my other son and this is my son who's a doctor. It was, it was a, a stereotype, no doubt. But at the same time, I thought to myself, you know, the guy in front of his other children is basically saying, this is the son I'm proud of. Now that maybe is something unimportant. But what makes your great-grandpa proud? What makes Yaakov Avinu proud? What makes Avraham proud? What makes Moshe Avinu proud? What makes our Father in Heaven proud to say, these are my sons? And our rabbis tell us that when the Jewish people act in the way that they should, God calls the angels around and like a proud Papa says, look, these are my children. Yisrael asher becha et pa'ar. Uh, the nation of Israel, that in you I am proud. May Hashem bless us to always make the people in our lives, our wives, to make our children proud, our friends, our communities. Oh, that guy, yeah, he's Syrian. This guy, yeah, he's Persian. The guy who built that hospital, yeah, he's Ashkenaz. He comes, he's a Yeki, he comes from Germany, just like my parents did. May God bless us to be people that make those around us proud to know us. One day it should be like when they also say, Ben Yisrael. God bless.